At first, it was just one sheep per day. But as the deadly dragon grew more powerful, he demanded more and more. Soon it was the people of Silene themselves, so intense was his insatiable hunger, his desperate desire for more and more. Until, until one day a courageous knight named George agrees to confront the dragon. After a long and bloody battle, George finally defeats the cruel beast, saves the princess, and rescues the town. With what weapon did George slay the dragon? A spear? A lance? A sword? Maybe, just maybe, the dragon was slain by love. Welcome to Slain by Love, your weekly sermon podcast from the pulpit of St. George's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Y'all, please be seated and good morning. It has been an eventful morning. Not only was the Starbucks that I normally stop at at 6 a.m. unable to open on time this morning, but there was a fire alarm that went off at the school this morning. Now, total false alarm, no danger, nothing like that. The fire alarm came out of the fire department came out maybe at around 7 a.m. It's one thing to deal with a false alarm, fire alarm with coffee at 7 a.m., but when, you, you, when you're dealing that without coffee, it is kind of rough. But good morning, happy Trinity Sunday. I wanted to start out like this. Some of y'all know that I'm a runner. Uh, one of the, the ways that I keep my sanity, one of the ways that I uh, connect with reality is by going on long runs. And one of the things that has happened over the last nine months since we've been back in Austin is I've been seeing something all over town when I go on runs. I saw it just this last week. I will see a little sign. Sometimes it's kind of like a memorial plaque on a bench that's been donated. Sometimes it's like literally graffiti on a wall. But, But what it says is this. Very, very simply, it says, be here now. And I've, I started noticing this like immediately when I got back to Tyler and would go out on these long runs. And so I've developed a mantra because you see, for me, running is prayer. For me, running is meditation. And I'll say all sorts of things like favorite passages of scripture. Uh, sometimes I say the Jesus prayer borrowed from Eastern Orthodox tradition. But I, I've created a new mantra and it's this. Love, love, here, now. And it's, the, it's, this, it's four beats, right? Bump, 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 bump. And then you repeat, love, love, here, now. And it's coordinated with your breath. It's a kind of breath prayer, right? But it's, it's a mantra. Love, love, here, now. Friends, On this Trinity Sunday, 2023, I'm going to keep it simple today because we could either go really deep into a rabbit hole or we could keep it simple. We're going to keep it simple today. And my question for you this morning on this Trinity Sunday is this, love, love, here, now, but what is love? That's the question I want us to think about together on this Trinity Sunday, what is love? For the next few minutes, I want us to think together about this ancient doctrine of the Trinity, 
And, and here's what it is. I don't know if anyone's taking notes this morning, maybe online, maybe here in the room. But the doctrine of the Trinity is this, that the one true, that, that the one true God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the Christian claim, that the one true God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want us to think together about this great truth and then to apply it to our lives. You may have noticed that I'm not one of these big application preachers. Uh, I'm not the kind of person who has, okay, here's three action steps we can take this week. No, I don't normally do that, but I'm going to do it a little bit today. I want us to think about this great truth and then apply it to our lives. But first, first, I want us to look at this first lesson. This first lesson that Mikhail read to us this morning from the very beginning of our story, our story called the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. I want us actually to do a close reading of the first two lines of the, uh, the, the lesson from Genesis this morning. So get out your service leaflet if you don't mind, uh, and we're going to look at the first two lines together. You can tell that I've had my hands full this morning, and yes, uh, Sunday morning is when I do most of my sermon prep. But I want us to look at the first two lines of Genesis 1 this morning that says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind, I want you to mentally circle that word wind, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, and I want you to mentally or maybe physically, literally circle that word said. And so in this, these first two lines of this lesson from Genesis, we have God we have wind, and we have speech. Now, are you with me so far? In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, there was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, wind, speech. Father, Word, and Spirit. Do you see, dear friends, before there was anything that existed, before there was anything that existed, there was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Before there was anything at all, in other words, there was relationship. Uh, I finally was able to go out to lunch with, doc, uh, with Father David Hoster week before last. David Hoster was not my predecessor here at St. George's, but he was my predecessor's predecessor. And he told me something very interesting. He said, Matt, do you know what the essence of St. George's is? Some churches are about social justice. Some churches are about, I don't know, evangelism. St. George's is about relationship. That is what Father David Hoster said to me. I want to talk to you all about relationship this morning. I'm reminded of the quote, my favorite quote by MLK Jr., Martin Luther King Jr. He said, in the beginning was relationship. You see, the doctrine of the Trinity, it can be super complex or it can be super simple. Today, we're going to take the simple approach. What is the super simple approach? It's simply this. God is love. God is love. But here's the thing. In order for God to be love, guess what? God has to be at least two because love requires what? 
a relationship. But in order for God to be joyful love, God must be three. Listen to this quotation by Richard Rohr. By the way, do y'all know who Richard Rohr is? I feel like uh, St. George is the kind of church that would love Richard Rohr. He, he's a Franciscan friar, and he says this. He says, quote, I believe that we are trapped, Richard Rohr says, I believe that we're trapped in what I call a Valentine's Day notion of love. A Valentine's Day notion of love, which is almost entirely infatuation, romantic attraction, which, as you know, cannot be sustained in the long haul. And here's where I think we need a good understanding of God to define love correctly, that God is love. And what we see in the Trinity is that God is relationship itself. That's what I'm trying to say to you all this morning on this Trinity Sunday. God is relationship itself. The 12th century monk in Paris, Richard of St. Victor, was one of the great teachers on the Trinity, and he says that in order for God to be good, do we believe that God is good? Yes. Richard of St. Victor says that in order for God to be good, God can be one. You can have a good God, but for God to be loving, there must be at least two because love is always a relationship. God cannot be loving if God is a monad. That's a weird word, monad. It means like this one thing. God cannot be loving if God is a monad, if God is solitary. Once you think about that, it's like, wow, that expands my notion of what love really is. But then Richard of St. Victor goes further. He says that for God to be joy, for God to be joy, God has to be three. For God to be joy, God has to be three. And those of you who are married people can probably understand this. When two people are excited about the same thing together, maybe a supper or a sunset or a glass of wine or a movie, that's what makes you joyful. You can't enjoy happiness apart from a relationship and enlightened eyes that allow the object to give you joy. So if we're going to say that God is love, Richard of St. Victor would say that God has to be at least joyful love. God has to be three, just another window on this infinite mystery, close quote Richard Rohr. Friends, do you see he's talking about the Trinity, that the God that we worship is three in one. God is relationship itself. God is joyful love. Now, I think that's pretty simple. I also think that it's astonishingly, astonishingly profound. What I want to do right now for the next few minutes is just tease out some, some implications for our lives. The doctrine of the Trinity, that God is three in one, means three things. I feel like some evangelical preacher this morning. It means three things. Point number one, guess what? We are built for relationship. We're built for relationship. Um, I remember a tweet that I saw three years ago in 2020. It was a tweet from actually a Catholic priest. Uh, this man's name was Father Thomas Petrie, and he put up a post uh, of a picture of himself standing next to his brother, his brother Mike, 
who has cerebral palsy. You can see it when you look at the picture, right? You can tell that his, that, that his brother Mike has cerebral palsy and is struggling with that physical, physical challenge. And in the tweet, Father Thomas writes this. He says, my brother Mike turns 50 on June 7. Can y'all do me a favor? And this guy has like a bazillion tweet, 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 Twitter followers, Twitter friends, whatever you call them. He has a bazillion of them. And he says, can y'all do me a favor? Mike loves to receive postcards and letters in the mail, but he almost never gets any. Maybe this week we can fill his box with some notes and cards wishing him a happy birthday. Thanks. Send mail to Mr. Mike Petrie, General Delivery, Madisonville, Wisconsin, 42431. And then a couple of days later, Father Thomas posted some pics of his brother Mike reading his hundreds and hundreds of birthday cards and letters. And you can see this big smile, this huge smile on Mike's face, radiating right through his illness, the biggest smile you've ever seen. Reading those postcards, Mike was in heaven. Dear friends, that is true for every single one of us. Every one of us, you and I, are no different from Mike. Each one of us craves love. A couple of weeks ago, there was a famous minister, author, theologian who died. His name is Tim Keller. I've talked to some of y'all about Tim Keller over the last couple of weeks. Tim Keller says that every single human heart uh, longs to be fully known and fully loved. How many of our world's problems today are the result of the fact that so many of us do not feel fully known or if we are fully known, we don't feel fully loved. On this doctrine, on this Sunday of the Trinity, what I want to say to you is that ultimate reality is that. Ultimate reality is a community of persons that is fully known, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, fully known and fully loved. Each one of us craves that. Each one of us was created for relationship. And that's the first implication. That's the first implication that God is Trinity, that we were built for relationship. But the second one is even better because the second one is this. We're already in the divine dance. We're already in the divine dance. Do y'all know? Okay, pop quiz. How many tattoos does Father Matt have? Two. One of them on my right shoulder blade is, has to do with our 10-year anniversary, but the other one I got more recently, and it's a triquetra. A triquetra is an ancient symbol for the doctrine of the Trinity. It's like a triangle. It's a Celtic symbol with like little loop-de-doops at the top that make a triangle, and it's an ancient symbol that triquetra is for a dance, and it is meant to symbolize the fact that God is a dance, that God is Perichoresis, that's a weird word, perichoresis. What does the prefix peri mean? It means around, like a periscope. What does a periscope allow you to do? It allows you to look around a corner, right? Perichoresis, what is choresis? C-H-O-R, it's like choreography, it's a dance. So perichoresis is, is when people are dancing around each other and that ancient symbol of the triquetra that I have on my left shoulder blade is meant to symbolize 
the conviction that our God is a dance, that what we have from all eternity before anything else existed is this relationship of three people, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, literally dancing around each other. And what I'm trying to say to you all this morning is that you and I, we are already in the dance. When I say mass at this table, every time I celebrate Holy Eucharist, you know what's going on in my mind? Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Jesus is the one who's saying this mass. Christ himself is celebrating this Eucharist. The Latin phrase, the Latin phrase to get that idea across is in persona Christi. That means that when I say the Eucharistic prayers, when I pray, I'm praying and acting and existing in the person of Christ, in the place of Christ. I'm in Christ. How many times in the New Testament do we hear that phrase, in Christ? That is what St. Paul is always talking about. So yes, I'm praying to God, but in my prayers, it's really what? It's Christ praying in me. It's Christ praying in me. To borrow a phrase from an ancient church father, you know what prayer is? Here's what prayer is. Prayer is God stretching forth to God. Prayer isn't something that we do. Prayer is something that God does. The Father and the Son, the Son praying to the Father through the Spirit, and we get caught up into that. Do you see? We're already caught up in the, in, in the divine dance. When I pray, it's Christ praying in me, and that is true not just for me. That is true for each one of us as well. I hope I'm making sense this morning. When we pray to God, we are praying with the voice of Christ. Put it another way. When we pray, both here at the altar, as we say the liturgy together, but also day in and day out, every moment of our lives, when we pray, we are caught up into the dance of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is deep down inside of every single one of you. And the Holy Spirit is stretching forth to God the Father. It's like a ray of light that flows through your very being. See, it's mysterious. The Christian faith is mysterious. The Christian faith is mystical. That is what is happening when we pray through us. It's like an arrow of love that is being shot like Cupid's arrow, yeah? Is that right? Does Cupid shoot the arrow? I think that's right. It's like an arrow that is going from the Son to the Father through us. When we pray, when we worship, we are praying to the Father through the Son in the Holy Spirit. It's a dance. And you and I are already in that dance. Prayer is God stretching forth to God. It's true in liturgy, but it's true every time we pray. Dear friends, we are already caught up in the dance. The third and last thing that this doctrine of the Trinity means for us this morning is that you and I can be loving and joyful in the midst of a hurting world. Would you, would you agree with me that we're living in a, in a hurting world at the moment? I mean, gosh, boy, it's tough living in Austin during the state legislature, I'll tell you that. We, we are living in a world that is on fire. But no matter what is going on out there in the world, no matter what is going on out there in the world, because God is real and God is Trinity, you and I can be joyful. You and I can be loving. One of my favorite 20th century poets is W.H. Auden. 
And one of my favorite W.H. Auden quotes is this, we must love each other or die. We must love each other or die. I would venture to wager that never in the history of the United States have more people known that we must love each other or die. If we don't start loving each other, we're gonna die. We are living in a time right now when the truth of that statement is so blatantly obvious. Right now, we must love each other or die. For us Christians, however, guess what? We have a secret. We have a little secret. Not only must we love each other, but we get to. That's what's gonna be going on in the sew-in, the, 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 sew, the sewing thing that we do to make bags for people. That's what's gonna be going on in the parish hall after church. We get to love each other. We don't sew those bags because we have to. We do it because we get to, because of what Christ has done on the cross, because of the truth of the Trinity, that God is a community of love between three persons. Not only must we love each other, but we get to. Happy Trinity Sunday. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us at the pulpit of St. George's Austin, where the love of God in Christ slays our enemies, our fears, our guilt, our worries. How are they slain? Only by love. Special thanks to the good folks of St. George's and especially to that masterful media guru, Liam Dolan Henderson. See you next week. Peace and be well.